You're listening to the Million Praying Moms podcast, where we believe every mom is uniquely designed by God, but also a part of something much bigger than she could ever be alone. We're authors and moms, Erin Mooring and Brooke McLaughlin, and we're here to help you make prayer your first and best response to the challenges of parenting. Tune in each week to real life conversations with the experts about real issues Christian parents face today. If you're ready to learn practical ways to focus on Christ as you seek wisdom and hope for the difficult job of raising children in today's world, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. It's a crazy world out there, moms and dads. I'm Katherine Seegers, host of Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. Hey there, friends. You're listening to episode number 38 of the Million Praying Moms podcast, where each week we're talking about the real issues Christian parents face today. Have you ever gotten all the way to the end of your day and realized that you forgot to invite God into any part of it? Maybe you wake up in the morning with the best of intentions, but by lunchtime, those plans have flown right out the window. I can't identify with that at all, Erin. Can you? Um, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. There's a little sarcasm in our voices there. (laughs) If you're the mom who knows she needs Jesus, not just to be a part of her day, but to invite him into all the moments of her day, big or small, today's show is for you. Today's episode is brought to you by the 40-Day Start with Hope Challenge. Start with Hope is the perfect way to kick off your 2020. Each day, Stacey Thacker and I focus on a truth about God from His Word, something to help God's truth intersect with the daily reality of a weary mom's life. We know you need hope. You need it like you need air to breathe. But if you can't open God's Word and find it within about 30 seconds, it's going to be hard to come by. If that sounds like you, the 40-Day Start with Hope Challenge is exactly what you need. It's something that will get you in the Word of God regularly, but in a way that makes sense to you and meets you smack in the mess of your own motherhood place. Each devotion is quick enough to read over coffee in the morning, during nap time, in the carpool line, my favorite, or just before bed, but they're meaty enough to set a pattern for joy and hope that will last a lifetime. God can give you daily victory over weariness, but you have to choose it. Pledge now to spend the next 40 days of your 2020 digging into the Word of God and see if it doesn't change the shape and mold of your entire year. To sign up, just visit our show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. You'll find everything you need there. Erin, that's such a perfect segue into what we're going to be talking about today because really we're, we're taking that concept of the fact that moms need to be in the presence of God. They need to be intersecting their lives with God on a regular basis. And we're just going a little bit 
a little bit super practical with it today and, and getting nitty gritty. So today we're excited to host a longtime friend of ours, someone who has been with us for kind of the long haul in this ministry, back when our ministry was mainly geared towards mothers of boys. She's here to talk to us about intentionally inviting Jesus into the moments of our days. I feel like I do great with that for some seasons of my life. And then I struggle at other seasons. You know what I mean? Like it fluctuates. Yeah. There's an ebb and flow to, to how good I do or, or what kind of job I do at that. So I'm personally very excited to hear what she has to say. And I can tell a difference in me in those seasons when I'm not. So Absolutely. like this is a thing that really matters in our everyday life. And we know that you'll be encouraged by it. Tara Cole is the author of Abide, 40 Ways to Focus on Jesus Daily. I mean, there you go. Like, that's exactly what we all need, right? If you need practical ways to make sure you're focusing on Jesus every day, Tara has a book full of them. She's a wife and mom of three boys and loves helping moms and their kids build relationships with Jesus together. Tara, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Tell us about yourself and your family and uh, where you're at and what you're doing. All right. Well, my name is Tara Cole, and my husband and I have been married for 18 years. We have three Ooh. boys. Yeah. Eight, or let me see, eight, 10, and five are our three boys' ages. Um, I also work full-time. I am a um, professor at a state university here. I had a two-year section of it. And so um, I know all about trying to get God and spend time with God throughout your day because we have karate, we have full-time job, and we have three kids in school. Oh my gosh, I feel that <laughs> so deeply. There's just all the things all there the is. time, right? Yes. <laughs> you, so you know what you're talking about when you're trying to fit things in here and there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I was just talking to someone the other day. There's this event in the spring that I usually go to every year, and she was asking me if I'm going again. And I had to say to her, you know what? This is just not the season for me to travel any more than I absolutely have to. And we only have two boys and I know both of you have three, but sometimes it feels like I have six. <laughs> it just depends. <laughs> I just feel like I'm juggling and juggling and juggling in this season mm -hmm. of our lives because they're both very active in other things. And I have one at home with me homeschooling and I have one at the high school and it, there's just always something to distract me from my relationship with the Lord. If I want something to distract me, there is never a shortage of something to distract me <laughs> yes. from that. <laughs> but I think that's a great segue into something that I want to kick us right off with. And I'm just going to say right up front that I stole this straight up from your website. So I was on your website yesterday and just absolutely loved what you had to say uh, there. You said, my most important goal is to see my kids develop a strong personal relationship with Jesus and make it to heaven one day. And I would just say amen to that. I, I feel like every single mom that's listening right now can probably agree with you, but this is the part that I really loved. You said, however, I've learned I can't introduce them to a God I don't know myself. So tell our listeners how you came to this conclusion. Well, as um. Because a lot of us are used to going to church. A lot of our audience here, we go to church on Sundays, and sometimes that feels like it ought to be enough. But I kind of equate that, um, especially if you're one of the, if you only have time to walk in and walk out, and you don't really build relationships with the people. That's like going to a concert, going to a movie, reading a book, and so you're seeing the author, but you're not actually interacting them or having any personal one-on-one -on -one time with them. And so I can't introduce my um, kids to any of the. Uh, 
actors that we like to watch in our Marvel movies or any singers we like to, because I don't know them. We listen to them and stuff, but I don't know them. And so when we're just showing up for God in those big moments, then a lot of times we don't know him personally to introduce our kids to them. But um, if we get to know the people and we spend time with them and have coffee with them and talk to them and share, then that's someone we can introduce our kids to and say, hey, I would love for you to know this person. And it's exactly the same way with God, that we need to know him intimately in, in order to introduce our kids to him. We can't expect them to have something we don't have. Yeah, I love that. Um, I've spent a lot of time in um, volunteering in children's and youth ministry. And one of the number one things that we hear from parents are is, I don't know how to teach my kids about God. And that really comes from not spending time with him outside of church. Because if we do spend regular time with the Lord outside Mm -hmm. of, like you said, those big events, um, then it just naturally flows out of, of who we are and who, Mm -hmm. what we know from spending time with him. And it's not that these parents aren't equipped to tell their kids about Jesus. It's that they feel like they don't know him well enough to tell them about it. And I, and I, just want to say, all you need to do is spend time with them. You don't need a degree. You don't need to go to seminary. You don't need to um, have, you know, a title at the church to be able to teach your kids about Jesus. You just need to spend time with him. And I think they feel like that's not enough or they haven't done that enough that it's really soaked into who they are and they feel comfortable talking about it. With right. And that's where I tell moms, especially God can do a lot with our little because, um, Oftentimes we have five minutes, we have 15 minutes, we have 10 minutes. I love that story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 where he took the boys loaves and fishes and made it more than enough. And so mm-hmm. I'm always, I always tell my readers and um, moms I kind of contact with, they're like, I only have five minutes, but five minutes over five years really adds up. And yeah. so um, just spend those five minutes with him and he can make it more than enough for That's what right. you need for your day. That's right. Okay, so let's talk about the word abide. Okay. What does it mean to abide in Christ? I feel like that can be one of those like Christian words that we it like. Can be. You can you can abide and it's like, "Oh yeah, that's great. That sounds sounds beautiful and wonderful." But you know, what does it mean? And what are some of the common struggles that moms have that keep them from doing that? So let's start with the definition. Okay, well, abide at its core um, really means just to remain, to be continually present with God, um, to be held by him. And I just love that picture of like a father holding his daughter in his arms. And um, one of the illustrations that Jesus uses in John 15, which is like the big abide chapter, um, is that he just uses it as this being connected to the vine. And if we think of that, the vine, the branches are connected to the vine once a day and then it walks off. It's continually connected into the vine for that nourishment and for that strength that it needs. And so abiding is just constantly remaining in Jesus's presence. And that's why I say it's a thing throughout your day, not just showing up for 15 minutes in the morning, because a lot of us feel like, I can't do that. My kids wake up before I do. But it doesn't have to be like that. That's helpful if you can do it, but it doesn't have to be like that. But it's just constantly of remaining in his presence and spending time with him and inviting him into the moments of your day. Yeah. So like we hear a lot of people say what you just said, like, mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't have morning quiet time. Well, honestly, morning quiet time is not really all that great if you have it and then just leave it behind for the rest exactly. of the day. Okay. So why are moms having problems abiding? What, is, what are the roadblocks that are in the way of us abiding and remaining in him constantly? 
The number one thing I hear whenever I ask my readers or poll is they say time. I simply do not have time. They might have other things pop up like distractions and things like that, or they're just not sure how, or they don't have the tools. But number one, hands down, is always time. They just simply don't have time to do it. So let's let's dwell there just for a second, because I really think you're right. It is the number one reason. And it also is the number one reason we get when we ask moms, you know, Christian moms who believe they should be praying, but do not have the kind of prayer life that they think they ought to have or know that they should have. We ask them why they say, I don't have time. So I want to pause there because I think it's a real issue. I think it could be an issue of how we manage our schedules. I think it could be an issue of priorities. It could be a lot of things, but it is a real issue that we have today. So let's dwell there just for a second before we move on to some of the other issues and talk about like, if time is our issue, what do we do about it? Um, for me, I, cause I do, I am a, um, oh, what you might call a contemplative. I really do like that sit and think time. Yeah, I am too. And so, um, for me, I do get up early and have that time with him, but I realize not everybody can do that. There's been seasons of my life when my kids got up at six or whenever I had newborns and goodness knows when we were going to get up that, um, maybe I just did it on the app on my phone while I was nursing a baby or, um, one of my favorite ways when my kids get up too early and interrupt me is um, that version kids app, especially if they're like six and below, they really love that app. And so I'm um, just having those things ready for them. So if you are a person who really does need that contemplative sit with God time for a few minutes a day, just having like a basket of things for your kids to do, um, whether it's their Bible story books, whether it's like the version kids app, um, coloring books with Jesus stuff in it but even kind of start getting them into their own quiet time routine. Cause my five-year-old will now come through and say, mom, are you going to do your quiet time this morning? Cause he wants to use the U version app. He really just wants on the um, tablet and to do the U version app. Um, so if you know time's a problem, but you really need that one-on-one time like that, then just think through the distractions that you know might pop up and plan ahead for them. Um, there's other moms who just simply that's not for them. They're like, I've tried that. It doesn't work for me. And so um, finding those moments throughout your day, like I have another son who loves, passionately loves music, and he has since the day he was born. And so even this morning, I heard him after breakfast in their building with Legos, but he had his um, iPod next to him was playing um, the local radio station, really loud and singing with it. And so some people find music really connects to their soul, and that's okay if um, you meet with God in different ways. Um, others find that maybe praying while doing chores is helpful to them. So they can't stop and pray for 15 minutes or an hour, but we all have chores we have to do throughout our days. And so even using those to remind us, hey, to pray for this person or that person is a way to invite Jesus into our day and spend time with him, even in the middle of all that to-do list and busy stuff. Yeah, because really when we're talking about we don't have time to abide in Christ, the part is that it's supposed to be part of our every day. It's not mm-hmm. we're stopping all day long to just sit and be with Jesus. That's right. not that's not all we're advocating here because we have life. You know right. I mean? We have life to do, you know? And exactly and the same thing with with the disciples and you know, there were they were doing things mm-hmm. that honored God. They were doing things that glorified God. And like you said, I one of my favorite things that I've done so far this year. I was trying to find more ways to have Jesus in our home and in my life throughout the day. So carpool line, I said this earlier, 
like I bring my Bible study along with me or even a book that I've been reading about God. And Mm -hmm. like, that's a way to do it. Like I have 20 minutes that I'm just sitting there waiting in the line before they come out. And I could be listening to sports radio, which I love, or I could be scrolling through my phone, which, you know, is fun, but unproductive. But I'm, I started bringing a book along and I've been using that time to kind of reset before the kids get home. And then when they are home, I have to make dinner. I have to, you know, tidy up and do whatever, but putting on worship music while we Mm -hmm. do that. Like this is not stop and do something for Jesus. This is how is he a part of your life as you go about your day, right? Right. It's inviting Jesus into our day. I love those verses in Deuteronomy that talk about how we talk about him as we walk walk along the way and as we do this. And so even in the Old Testament, they're already suggesting not that you stop your entire life and then do it. And there were those times of stopping to going worshiping at the temple, but Deuteronomy gives us a picture of doing it as we're going along, as we're doing those jobs that we need to do in daily life. And I would say too, like, I do. I I totally agree with everything that everybody has just said. However, I do want to challenge us just a little bit. And this comes from my own life. So ladies, I am not asking you to do something that I have not been recently challenged on. I was complaining to my husband the other day about a project that needs to be done in our house. And I was just saying, I just don't have time. I just don't know where to fit it in. And he looked at me and my, y'all, if you could just hear my husband, he has the best sense of humor, but he just looked at me in his way. And he said, um, did you, or did you not spend two hours on the couch the other night watching the football game? And I was like, okay, (laughs) yes, I did. (laughs) Yes, I did. And I did absolutely nothing when I was watching that football game. And and this is not me saying that you shouldn't have downtime and that you shouldn't have things that you're, that, that, you know, fill you up apart from God's word or spending time with him or whatever. But I think if we challenge ourselves just a little bit, we might find that we have a little bit more time than we think we do. Would yeah. I about that? I, I was yeah. just going to say, I can hear my husband saying to me, if it was important to you, you would find time for it. Yeah. <laughs> and this was not about my time with God. It was something else that I was like, I just can't get it done. And I'm like, it's really convicting to think about that and think about what I put importance on and spent mm-hmm. time on over other things. And really we need to analyze that in our, in our time with God. And earlier when I was saying that morning time is not good, if we just forget it, I still advocate that if I don't have time with Jesus in the morning, I am a lesser person throughout the day. I am less connected to him and, and less able to handle whatever comes my way. My point was that if, if you just go and have morning quiet time, and then completely forget everything that you just read or heard or, you know, prayed, mm-hmm. then what good was that morning quiet time if you're not abiding in it throughout the day? Right. And that's where I find it um, helpful to kind of have, like, maybe with your morning quiet time, you have a verse that you write down and carry with you or think about it as you go throughout your day. Um, I like how Stacy mentioned that you dwell in that verse or that scripture over and over again and don't just rush on through it. And so that's another way to kind of take that morning quiet time and keep it with you throughout your day in front of you instead of just, oh, yeah, and forgetting it. 
Yeah, there's lots of practical ways that you yep. can take the word of God with you throughout the day. And and maybe you don't even I think I think a lot of people get tripped up in the fact that, you know, there are people like us, Tara, that like I really do crave time mm-hmm. to sit down alone and just have an hour or however long in the word of God to reflect and to think and to study and to, to look in my commentaries. And like, I really love to dig in. I know Mm -hmm. Aaron loves to do that too. And and yet life doesn't always afford me the opportunity to do that. And so because I love to do that, I can often think that it's lesser than or, or wrong in some way if I don't do that. And like the all or nothing thing. Like if I can't have an hour to sit and study, like I want to, then what good is it? What good is it? You know, a little bit. Right. But there's all kinds of practical ways to do it. Like if you just, you know, I can even just think of, um, let's say you want to really dig into first Corinthians 13, the love chapter, you could take one verse of that love is patient and just reflect on that for five minutes. When you wake up in the morning, read it, read a, you know, maybe get enough commentary about that one verse for five minutes, reflect on it, or maybe just write it over and over again for five minutes. And then, um, you know, write it on a note card and have it with you in the car, put it on your dashboard, write it on a sticky note, put it on your mirror in your bathroom or, or on your computer screen at work or whatever you're doing, or type it on the, the, the screen on your phone or whatever, so that you're reflecting on that verse all day long, but it's just one verse. It's not, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. It's just that one thing that we could do. And I think there's other practical ways that we can do that too. Right. And I found it so encouraging when a few years ago I was watching the Priscilla Shire video and she mentioned when she had littles, that's what she did. She would do a verse a week. And I was like, if she can do it, I can do it. Um, Cause it, you seem to think that when they're a writer or um, a leader that they must be spending that hour every single day. And so to learn that those who um, are really teaching me really had seasons of their life where they just spent a week on one verse, that was hugely encouraging to me to know there were seasons of life to do that. Absolutely. All right. So let's talk about the meat of your book at this okay. point, because I love the way that you've set this up. Guys, if you don't have Tara's book, you're going to want to go to our show notes at millionprayingmoms.com and grab it. It's written with you in mind. And the reason that I say that is because it has short chapters. <laughs> we were talking about this before we went live today, but it has short chapters that are meaty and easy to read and easy to digest and has lots of great ideas for how to help you um, abide with Christ all day long, all day long. It's fantastic. So let's talk about it a little bit. You break down um, the process of abiding into five categories, abiding in the word, in prayer, in community, in worship, and in service. So which of those categories do you find that moms struggle with the most? I find that they struggle with the most, um, probably finding time for the word and because like what we just said that they feel that often the women I speak to feel like they need to stop and have that hour long Bible study. And if they don't, then it's not enough. And so that's like I was saying earlier is that, um, sure. I have been in the word for a long time and now know a lot, but my mom started challenging me as a teenager, um, 20, yeah, 20 years ago now, to um, spend that 5, 10, 15 minutes a day. And when you do that over years and years and years, it really adds up. And so I find that probably abiding in the Word is one of the most important because that's where you actually hear God's words in black and white. 
but it's also one of the hardest because we feel like if we don't study a whole chapter or spend this long amount of time studying and really digging in, then we haven't done enough. Where really, like we just talked about, just one verse is good and working your way through a chapter slowly. And that's something God's been really whispering over me lately is to just slow down and savor his word instead of taking in huge chunks like I'm drinking from a water hose. Yeah, I love that. I was going to say, when I hear those five categories, I think about how naturally some of us um, gravitate towards community, like mm-hmm. we're social people, or naturally we gravitate towards worship. We love music. We love the, you know, going to church and and mm-hmm. worshiping together. And and some of us are naturally just servants. We have servants' mm-hmm. hearts and and like to do that. Those are very active and like people oriented and you can sign up for it and mm-hmm. you know there you can go and do it whereas the word and prayer are mm-hmm. very personal and there's nobody like checking in on you there's nobody to meet with necessarily unless you're doing a bible study but that's still not your daily your mm-hmm. daily meeting with god in the word and so i i feel like those ones that are very personal and internal and private are the ones we're going to struggle with because it's not like out there with other people. It's not right. I'm connecting with this person. I'm using this talent. I'm, you know, using this gifting that God has given me. And, and I do think that's the one we go back to over and over again in mom saying, I need help in knowing how to do this, or I'm just not good at studying the word, or I'm just, I, I always forget to pray, but mm-hmm. we don't forget to be in community with people. We, right. we like, you know, we like to hang out with people. So Okay, so we have these five categories. Does a mom have to abide in all five of these categories with the same effort at all times? Or is there, you know, an ebb and flow based on seasons of life? You know, is there one that's more important than the others? I would say that absolutely not. (laughs) We don't have enough bandwidth to do all of them all the time. Amen. And so, (laughs) so I would say, um, and the, especially with moms, it's helpful to think of seasons of life that you'll have seasons where maybe you come in. I've heard lots of empty nesters say, Hey, I have all this time now to spend really digging into God's word that I didn't when my kids are home. Or, um, like I've heard even Brooke mentioned, she had time before she had kids to dig into God's word. And then now it's changed. Or if you have a newborn, you're getting up at midnight. So maybe, so it, we're in seasons of life here. And so I think the same thing with those five categories. They kind of ebb and flow with the seasons of life. The heartbeat, or I would say the core that we need to focus on, if you can't focus on anything else, would be God's word and prayer. Those are the, that's why they come first. And um, the list is because those are the core. You're hearing from God and you're sharing your heart with him. And then the others are important um, but they're going to really just ebb and flow based on your season of life. And as moms, we're always serving. I mean, that's our whole job description. <laughs> so um, that will make it with almost not even trying. But um, I would say absolutely not. Don't put that pressure on yourself. Just realize you're in a season and it might look different than your girlfriend's. And that's okay that it yeah. looks different. Yeah, that's really true. Like we're not, we are not to be comparing where, what season we're in to someone else's because God has us on different paths. Right. And then something that I learned this past year and talking and learning about sacred pathways, which is another conversation, but related 
is that we all relate to God even differently. Like I mentioned, um, I have a son who is passionate about music, and then I am really an intellectual and contemplative. I like to sit and think about things. And I have another son who really connects to God through nature and always has. And in the past, I've thought, oh, well, this one's better than those ones. But as I learned about um, what's called the sacred pathways, I was like, oh, they aren't better. They're just different. And that's okay that some people relate to God better in these different ways. And so for my naturalists, I really point out when we see a sunrise, wow, look at what God did today. Wow, God. And then um, I found a chapter in uh, Job recently. I think it was in the 20s about uh, gems and rocks and stuff like that. And I read that chapter to him. I said, I read this and thought of you to show him how it connects back to God's word. And then with another son who loves music, I'm like, I read the Psalm and I thought of you. And so really speaking to where their hearts are in our own and not thinking one's better than another can be really helpful. too. I'm just sitting over here kind of snickering and laughing because when you say you read the scripture and then you say to your kids, I thought of you, (laughs) the only thing that I just think there's probably a lot of moms out there that are thinking of Ephesians, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Hey, son, I thought of you. (laughs) We can use, we can use the scriptures to correct our children, but what a beautiful thing that you just said. You're not using the scripture right there to correct your children. You're using it to speak the language of their heart and help them to connect with the Lord. And like that, that's special. That's beautiful right there. When you begin to look at the word that way and know your children well enough that you can help them begin to interpret the word of God in their heart language and the way they speak and and the way that they interpret the world around them. I just needed to point that out because that's me. Yeah. And I love the fact that throughout the Bible, God shows us that he shows up to people in different ways, Mm -hmm. whatever is going to get their attention. And it's totally different from a burning bush to a dream to a, you know, like, I mean, it's all over the place in how Mm -hmm. he shows up to people. And it is exactly what they needed to get their attention. And it's completely different from somebody else. And why would it be any different now? Because God is the same yesterday, today, forever. He still does that. He still gets our attention in different ways. And like you said, none of them is better than the other. I was going to point out one other thing about those categories. I think sometimes um, when we see community worship and service, we assume that those are all involving being at a church or that's a good doing point. it through a church. And I wanted to encourage the moms um, because I feel like we're in this season as well, where a lot of our community is happening outside of church mm-hmm. and God is still there. Like it's not, it's not, um, God is still using you and you can meet with him when you're at a soccer practice or when right. you're at a basketball game and you're having community with those people, you can abide in Christ in that community and he's going to use you there as well. But if you're not abiding in him in those situations, you may miss opportunities to see what he's doing or to, to have him use you there. But community, worship, service don't have to be at the church or connected to your church. They can be serving in your community at something as a family that's Mm -hmm. something you decided to do and you can abide in Christ in those places as well. And so if you're thinking these five categories, oh my gosh, like what else should I be doing? (laughs) Maybe instead think 
where can I meet Christ where I already am right. in those, in those areas. And like I was saying earlier, worship is extremely powerful to me. Music. I was an elementary music teacher. I was a music major. Music is where God really meets me and, and brings a lot of things out. Um, second to the word for me. And, um, that doesn't mean that I only get filled up in that area and meet with him on Sundays at church. Mm -hmm. I need to have music that is glorifying him in my, on my list of, you know, at this time when I, whenever I start making dinner, I want to have some worship music on. And, mm -hmm. and that is a form of meeting with him and abiding in him. And it's not just on a Sunday. Exactly. Yeah, I love that, Erin. That's great. So let's turn a little bit and get very practical with the rest of our segment today. Um, your book really, as we've mentioned before, Tara, it really is super, super practical. That was, that was what you meant for it. Inside, you've listed 40 ways that moms can be inspired to focus on Jesus every day or make him a part of their everyday moments. What are your top five favorites that a mom who's listening right now could start putting into practice right away? I thought about this question, and so I was thinking, okay, these, and the five popped up, and then I was like, okay, let me go make sure I know which chapters those are in the book, and they're chapters one through five, um, because I really, as I even organize the chapters in that book, I try to make the first ones, like, all of them are ones that you can do in five to 15 minutes pretty quickly, because I know we're busy, and we don't have time for that, um, and I wanted to mention that these aren't, like, more to-dos to add that heavy burden to their shoulders, like Aaron mentioned. These are just ways that you can be like, oh, I can do that. I'm already doing that. I can just invite Jesus into that part of my day. And so my top five, um, one are just, to, if you're too busy to even, you think, okay, well, I can't even spend 15 minutes right now, or I have a newborn or young children all around, or my teenagers are running me all over Tarnation, then listening to the Bible is a great way to do that. There's lots of apps. Um, version is one of the most popular, but there's lots of Bible apps where you can just push play and listen to the Bible there. And so if you don't have time um, to actually stop and read it, then listening to it in the carpool line after you drop off the kids, even I listen with my kids sometimes. Um, my son's wanting to read the Bible through this year. And so he's getting stuck in Job because we're trying to do it in chronological order. Um, and so we just started listening to it on our way to school and listening to Job in our Bible app. Another one is praying while doing chores because all of us have chores that we're doing and I'll just... And you can't just pray your normal prayer, but even um, the person you're doing the chore for can be kind of a trigger to pray for that particular person. So if you're doing dishes, then pray for your family's day tomorrow. If you're folding your child's laundry, then really think about them and ask God to bring things to mind to you that you might pray over that child. Um, if you're having to pick up their cleats for the hundredth time um, and you're prone to grumble, it's hard to grumble and pray about someone at the same time. And so it really even starts changing our hearts it changes my heart about my chores because I, none of us love to do them, um, but they need done. And so as I'm praying while I'm doing those, it really starts even changing my heart as I'm doing them. I love and that, that, Tara. Let me, let me say this real quickly before you move on. I think what you what you just described is beautiful because it's creating a rhythm and habit um, mm -hmm. specifically on the topic of prayer. Like if you have chores that you do at certain times, throughout the day or, you know, throughout the week, you can get in a habit of praying for specific groups of people, whatever you associate with that particular chore, so that over time you find like, 
man, I've been praying for my husband when I'm ironing his shirts for two months now straight or, you know, things like that. Like if you don't think that they're, that there's time to do those things, attach them to the natural rhythms of your days and your weeks. And you may find that, that there really is. That was mm-hmm. like that. another one that kind of goes about with the abiding community. Cause a lot of times either one, like Aaron pointed out, we think it has to be at church or two we're like, but I don't have any friends. And so getting that Christian friend group is important, but if that's not where you're at right now, um, having daily devotionals with authors. So a lot of times I abide in community with other authors that really speak to my heart. And so um, I've mentioned many times that your um, Hope for the Weary Mom devotional is one of the ones I just keep on my nightstand or on where my quiet time stuff is. And then if I don't maybe have time to really... um, I just have two minutes. Then I can pick that up. I can open it up and read it. And I still feel like I've got some time with God. I have some good ideas. Um, So whether it's with um, that book or others, there's apps that have quick devotionals on them all over the internet that are free. But abiding, even getting ideas from others, because I might see the word one way when I listen to it or when I read it. But then I might see another author who's maybe ahead of me on the path or has different life experiences and they see it a different way. I'm like, oh my goodness, I never thought of it in that way before. I see that scripture anew. And so having those connections of other people speaking into you, whether it's in real life or through other authors, if you're in a place where you don't have a lot of in real life friends now, and I would encourage you to start praying about that, but um, connecting through daily devotionals is really helpful. Another one that we've mentioned um, again and again is listening to music. Um, And I say that one, um, one, because like I mentioned, my kids are really connected to it, but two, because it is so easy. Um, Whether you have a local Christian station, you can just turn it on. Um, Our helpful AI assistants love to play those things for us. Um, I have a playlist, an instrumental playlist that I like to play while I'm doing the dishes. That's one of my favorite Christian artists. And it just breathes peace over my soul when I hear that playlist and my kids even notice that they're like, Oh, you're playing those songs again. Um, and so just finding those artists that really speak to your heart. Um, even on the way in this morning, um, to school, I was thinking that, that you got this song was playing in my head. Um, that's new on the radio lately. And so those songs have a way of speaking those truths over us that we know from the scripture and we can repeat them to us from our memorized verses when somebody sings it over us and it plays on the daily soundtrack in our head, that just really changes us and really gives us that courage that we may not otherwise have had. Yeah. I was going to say on that note, um, we've talked about this a million times, but I know that Brooke and I both use music to help our kids learn scripture. Mm-hmm. Guess what's still stuck in my head because, of <laughs> Absolutely. That, you know, like there, I had never memorized scripture before until I listened to those songs with my kids and they are still stuck in my head. Like even, yeah, even one, um, I'm going through a Bible study on Genesis right now. And there was something that came up in my study and it, it referenced another verse and immediately I started singing it in my head and that my kids are 13 and 11 now and, and seven. And they were like four. My oldest was four. When we started listening to those, they are still stuck in my head in a great way this is not right. like a annoying kids music it's not baby thing. shark it's like good. Yes. no it's not baby shark <laughs> thank you jesus thank you jesus um but seriously they stick with you in the best way mm-hmm. and i can tell you that nothing 
in the word of God has stuck with me as well as the ones that I've learned through song. Yeah, I would yeah. agree with that wholeheartedly. We we learned songs. I was a part of a group. Um, I, I grew up in the Southern Baptist tradition, and we had a group of young girls, um, and, and it was kind of all over the country. Some of our listeners may be familiar with it. It's called Act Teens. And the purpose of it was to meet together weekly and learn about missions. And so I was a part of this Act Teens group, and we went on what was called an Act Teens Activators trip. And um, it was a, a mission that we did um, in the United States. Some of them would do international, but we did within the United States. And we had to go through all this training to, to get there that we had to do. We had to go to camps here and camps there where we were taught about how to share the gospel and taught about how, you know, how to try and avoid using Christianese words for people that maybe didn't grow up in the church. Great, valuable stuff. But we also spent a lot of time singing. And I don't just mean worshiping. I just mean, well, I mean, I guess we were worshiping, but we didn't really see it that way. We thought we were just having fun learning songs. And later in life, I went through a season where I was really living in a state of fear, just really struggling with fear in my life. I've talked some about that um, publicly, but uh, the way that God got me through that was through song. And I would sing those songs that I learned on these activator trips that we went on. And literally, I'd be in my parents' home when they were gone. Uh, this was when I was a young adult or, or even in my own home later after I was married and my husband was maybe working the night shift or something. And I would sing those songs out loud over and over and over again as if I was verbally telling the enemy, go away, leave mm-hmm. me alone. And I was changing my thought patterns. So music is so good for it that is. kind of thing. And th- those were songs that I had learned you know, 15, 20 years ago at the time, but they just kept coming back to me over and over again when I needed them. So I, I, you know, Aaron and I both love music. Can't speak highly enough about its impact. Yeah. And um, that kind of leads into the fifth thing is um, the number five is um, related to service. And here I have that the fifth chapter is practicing patience. Cause like Aaron mentioned, a lot of times we think of service as going outside our home, signing up for that thing, doing that thing, taking that meal. When really as mamas service begins in our homes. And I was even reminded of this this morning because um, I was getting all my kids out the door to school. And as most of us know, that can be really, really hard and challenging on the patients. Cause we're like, hurry, hurry, hurry. And so um, my youngest this morning, um, he's frequently slow. And so um, as he was messing with the seat buckle, I was tempted to be like, come on, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, because he's still in the car seat. So he has to really finagle with it. And so I even thought about this conversation. We're going to have to, I thought, okay, I could say hurry up and he would turn into a puddle and we'd have a much harder time of it. Or I can just sit here patiently and wait. And then um, we can, he can go slower. He can take those few extra seconds and get it together. And he did. He, I just, thought about, okay, I need to practice patience. And um, he did, he got it together. We got in the car ride and we continued on our merry way with no fusses or meltdowns. And so sometimes just starting practicing service in our own homes, um, those fruits of the spirit, um, practicing them on our own families, because that's really the hardest people to practice them on. I can be patient all day long with the kid at church or the lady at church, but being patient with my child when we're going out the door, I really have to take a breath and slow down and really think about that or practicing kindness to my kids, speaking life into them instead of just really being onto them for everything they're doing wrong. But when I catch them doing right and speak that over them more, 
than I speak about them doing wrong. Service really begins in our households with practicing patience or those other fruits of the spirit and asking God to help us not doing it on our own strength. Yes. And, and doing all the things that you mentioned before that helps you have the fruits of the spirit right? <laughs> to actually live it out. Like it, it's all interconnected. Like we need, we need more of Jesus to be able to live out what he wants us to do. And when we live out what he wants us to do, we experience even more of him. It's kind of this beautiful circle that, that keeps filling us up when we are abiding in him. Okay. So yeah, go ahead. Oh, I did want to point out one more thing because as we're talking through this, um, we mentioned that the mom at the beginning that, moms often struggle with doing these things with their kids. They're like, okay, I don't know God and I'm not sure how to help my children know it. But in Abide, I have the 40 chapters, but actually in the book, there's a whole appendix of doing every one of these ideas with your children. Oh, I love that. If you're struggling for ideas as to where to begin with your kids, every single chapter in the book has an activity or a way to do it with your children, no matter what their ages are. Yeah. So and, that resource is not there complicated. For you too. It's, right. It's and it's not easy. as complicated as you think. Yes. Right. right. We are all about the easy here. <laughs> yes. Amen. All right. We can get on board with that. All right. So the focus of our ministry here at Million Praying Moms is to help parents make prayer their first and best response to the challenges of parenting. So let's talk about prayer. Let's talk about, um, first of all, the moms that are trying to develop this habit of abiding in Christ, what can they be praying for themselves or what have you prayed for yourself and your family in this topic, in this area? One of my very favorite verses for a long time has been um, Psalms 42, one and two. And it says, as a deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. Where can I go and stand before him? And so I just prayed for a long time that God will give me that desire, that he will give my family that desire. But really, as the mom and the leader, oftentimes that he will give me that desire, that thirst for him, and then just show me where I can meet with him, um, whether it's in the morning or throughout my day. And so that's been a prayer I've prayed over my life for a long time. And then that song closely connected with it as a deer has been one of my favorites for years. And what a beautiful verse to pray over our kids as well. There was just um, a verse in our Pray the Word journal the other day that made me think of this very thing of praying that they would long for relationship with God. Like that it's not just that they have it, but they would long for more and that they Mm -hmm. would, like you said, thirst for it. And um, like we're praying that over ourselves already. If I mean, if you're listening to this right now, I'm guessing that you want to abide more that you want to have more of Jesus in your everyday life. Let's pray that for our kids too. That's so Mm -hmm. beautiful to pray that they would long for more of him and that they would, like we said earlier, find the ways that God meets with them, you know, most naturally and and the ways that they do that because we can't really teach them that. That's something that God needs to reveal to them. And the best way to reveal that is for us to just be praying that God would do that. We can't do it for him and we can't do it for them either. So praying is just bringing it right to his feet and asking him to be the one that, you know, causes them to thirst for him and causes him to causes each of them to know how they connect to God best. Yeah. That's one of my favorites for that. And I've really seen God answer that prayer because even as I was getting up this morning, like I really wanted to be there. 
Like I really longed for that time with him. And so sometimes we're like, okay, we can pray. But I have seen God give me that longing and I've seen him start in my children. And so um, when we pray these prayers, he does big things. It really you know, matters. I really think you're right. I, and I think of, I think of all the scripture that we have prayed over our kids over the years. I mean, think about that from, from the time that we started, I started praying the scripture over my kids when they were very young, um, super young and have done it now. They're um, 12 and 14 years old and God willing, I will continue to do that for the rest of their lives. Just think about the power of how of all that scripture that you've prayed over your kids. I it just, it, it blew me away when I stopped to think about it for a minute. It's just so, so deep and so beautiful. And I pray that all of our kids would recognize the gift that that is to have praying moms. Tara, thank you so much for joining us today. Tell our listeners where they can learn more about you. Okay. Well, they can find me at taralcole.com. I am also on Instagram at, with Tara L. Cole. And then on Facebook, I'm Tara L. Cole Writer. It's where they can find me in all those places. We so love it when you guys Tara make L. it. Cole. Yeah. We, we love it when you guys make it easy. Like it's just Tara L. Cole everywhere. Yep. Just Tara L. Cole everywhere. Yes. That's awesome. Wonderful. All right. That's it for today, friends. As always, you can find any specifics from our show, including how to order your own copy of Abide. 40 Ways to Focus on Jesus Daily, and how to take the Start with Hope 40-Day Challenge in our show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. Tune in next week for another episode of the Million Praying Moms podcast. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.